Sefer Bereshit, Parshat Chaye Sarah, on the importance of prayer. Parshat Chaye Sarah is best remembered for the story of how Isaac came to fall in love with and marry Rebecca. And I think our understanding of that event can be enriched if we pay attention to what happens immediately before the pair meets. Genesis chapter 24 tells us, and Isaac went out, walking in the field, toward evening, and looking up, he saw camels approaching. On its surface, this sentence sounds straightforward and mundane, but the Jewish tradition, of course, extracted further meaning from it. It is taught in the Talmud that in this moment, Isaac instituted the afternoon prayer, Mincha. The rabbis determined this by seeing a similarity between the Hebrew word for what Isaac did here, Lasua, which is translated as walking, but can also mean meditating. And the word for plea, Siho in the introduction to Psalm 102, a prayer of the lonely one when they are faint and pour out their plea before the Lord. The opinion concludes, obviously Isaac was the first to pray as evening approached at the time of the afternoon prayer. Additionally, this line of reasoning gives us the tradition that Avraham was the first to pray the morning prayer service by praying for the well-being of Sodom. And Jacob initiated the evening prayer shortly before his famous latter dream, Avraham Shacharit, Yitzchak Mincha, Yaakov Ma'ariv. The other view the Talmud presents is that the prayer services reflect the times of the daily sacrifices in the time of the temple. But in the Genesis-based explanation, the tradition is doing something countercultural. While many people have as their ancient heroes those who were victorious in war, or those who were powerful kings, the Jews made role models out of humble masters of prayer. It's notable that immediately after Isaac's walk or prayer, Isaac crosses paths with Rebekah, who would become his wife, and the matriarch who would shape the next generation of the Jewish story. One might suggest that this was the answer to Tefillat Yitzchak, to the prayer of Isaac. For leaders, activists, and changemakers, however, I believe we need an additional theology of prayer, one that goes beyond the hope of our wishes immediately being answered. I believe our model of prayer should be twofold. First, prayer should serve as spiritual recharging and rejuvenation. In our prayers, both in isolation and in community, we spiritually center ourselves, reflect, and heal. Second, prayer should challenge us morally to do more and to be more. When asking God to act, we should know that we are reminding ourselves to act godly in that very request. When we ask God to heal the sick, we are reinforcing our duty to care for the sick. When asking God to clothe the naked, we are reiterating our obligation to care for the poor. Our ancestors were complicated, rich biblical figures. But we are complicated too. 
What we have in common is that while they weren't perfect and neither are we, we share a commitment to walking on a path of spiritual and moral growth. Rabbi Avraham Joshua Heschel has his famous quote about marching with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I felt my legs were praying, which may be a reference to what the abolitionist who'd escaped slavery, Frederick Douglass, had said. Praying for freedom never did me any good till I started praying with my feet. I believe what Heschel meant here was that was not that protest itself is prayer. That distorts the integrity of both activities. Rather, I think he was saying that one goal of prayer is to cultivate the intentionality for actions we are about to take. And so, feet in protest are not prayer, but feet with a mind, heart, and soul above them, with the consciousness and spiritual intentionality of walking with God to do justice. That is where prayer and protest meet. Many of us tend to think of prayer as a replaceable activity. One can find a similar period of relaxation and resetting of the mind through meditation or yoga or soul cycle. But in the Jewish tradition, we see the value of having a scheduled meeting time with God. In this Parsha in particular, with the model of Yitzchak, we find the value of Mincha, the afternoon prayer. Yes, we need shacharit based on Avraham to prepare for the day. And yes, we need Ma'ariv based on Yaakov to wind down and reflect. But perhaps the most powerful prayer is the one dropped right in the middle of the day as an intervention to be sure that we are aligned with our moral purpose. The great 18th century Hasidic master Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, or the Kedushas Levi, explain the significance of Isaac instituting a prayer time in the afternoon. He wrote, This prayer is presented at a time when a person does not think that they have to either thank the Lord for having awoken well from their sleep, or after having completed the day's chores without problems and entrusting our soul to God once more when we lie down, confident that God will restore it to us in the morning. Neither of these considerations motivates us to devote time to prayer in the middle of our daily activities. If we take time out to pray during the day, nonetheless, God may consider this as a gift from us. The afternoon prayer is imperative because that is when, amid all the busyness of the day, we are reminded of the things we value most. The Kedushat Levi goes deeper. Yitzchak took a walk to meditate in the open field. It is a rule that people who practice submissiveness in the sense of humility are liable to become depressed due to the constant awareness that they cannot act freely in accordance with their desires as they constantly defer to the wishes of others. When a person reserves his submissiveness vis-a-vis -vis their creator by serving God exclusively, they thereby attach themselves to the source of joy. It follows that instead of becoming morose and depressed, they will walk through life in a spirit of happiness and joy. Our verse alludes to this psychological being, a lasuach phenomenon, the word joy. Yitzchak's taking a simcha, alternate for stroll, was intended to fill his heart with joy. In the field, he would be able to communicate 
with his creator, i.e. with holiness. Becoming associated with holiness would engender feelings of joy within him. Especially among Jews, prayer is commonly perceived to be a choreographed, institutional, out-of-touch experience by many, in which a leader tells us to rise and bow and sit and turn to page 42 in a prayer book that does not speak to us. But our very forefathers, by creating the prayer services with their own spontaneous prayers, remind us of not only the value of traditional prayer, but what they engaged in themselves. Prayer from the heart. Avodah Shebelev. According to the medieval commentator Avraham Ibn Ezra, Isaac's prayer was a meditation while he went walking among the trees. Many Jews make this a regular practice in hitbodedut, or going out into nature and talking to God in one's own words. To engage in acts of prayer, we need not embrace any dogmas. Instead, prayer can be the moment when we speak through a consciousness elevated beyond the mundane. It is our opportunity to transcend the realm of the ordinary. When we run a race, we don't wait for the finish line to come to us. We know we must run to the finish line. When we paddle a boat against the waves to a shore, we don't hope for the shore to come to us. We know we must paddle to the shore. So too, we may wish for God to reach out and touch us, but we know we must do the work of drawing close. Prayer, then, is the activity of aligning our will with God's will, of reuniting with our past in creation and with our future in redemption. Shabbat Shalom.